Welcome to Cape and Ray Hall, nestled in the beautiful landscapes between England's national parks. As a Bible school, we offer short-term courses aimed at fostering your spiritual growth and living in a community. Our historic manor house has something for everyone. You can enjoy indoor and outdoor adventures, connect with students from around the world, and learn how to deepen your relationship with Jesus Christ. Search Cape and Ray England for more information. If you've been around the church for any length of time, you will know that there are a range of expectations and experiences. You've probably heard that on occasions God has worked powerfully in a church, an area, or indeed a nation. But such times of revival are few and far between. Great to read about maybe, but not part of our experience. What do we make therefore of a movement that has links to a move of God in 1994 and still has echoes in churches and nations today? Well, I'm joined this week by Alan Leppitt, who is the European Regional Representative for Dr. Randy Clark's Apostolic Network of Global Awakening. And that's a network of churches which came out of a move of God in Toronto in 1994. It was known by some as the Toronto Blessing or the Father's Blessing. And although that period of blessing in Toronto is one for the history books, Randy and his team are still going strong. Alan was a pastor for 20 years at the Bridge Christian Fellowship in Southampton before being called into this wider ministry. So, Alan, lovely to have you back on the Leadership Show. I see it was seven years since you were on the show. <laughs> wow, that's a long time. Thanks, Andy. It's great to join you today. Um, so, so perhaps you could remind us how you, the pastor of a small church in Southampton, ended up as European Regional Representative for Randy Clark's Apostolic Network of Global Awakening. Well, uh, it's a great story. It's lovely to remember what God has done. I think it's good to look back, to look forward. And so let me try and sum it up as easily as possible. Really, for us, we did go to Toronto. We weren't there in 94, but we were associated and affected and touched by what happened in 94. In the sense of people went, came back, there was this transferable blessing, transferable anointing. There was a lot of joy, a lot of refreshing in the Holy Spirit. And we had many extended times of refreshing back then. And I guess we, my wife and Donna and I, who pastored together, we were very hungry. And I think that's a key. And you'll probably hear me talk about hunger as we go through this chat. Um, we were hungry for more. We tasted and seen, but we wanted more. So we ended up going to Toronto 10 years on after Catch the Fire and all that was happening through the outpouring of the Holy Spirit in Toronto. And we personally were touched. I was, I had one of the most powerful encounters with the Lord I've ever had twice in one day. And I know it sounds like a cliche, but I was never the same again. And at the that time, uh, we were starting to travel a bit. I had a band. I ended up in America. And while I was in America, the pastor was hosting us, said, oh, come come down to this conference we're going to, uh, which was called Voice of the Apostles. It was led by Randy Clark. And my heart went off. This was like 2006. We were out in Toronto in 03, 04, 05 as well. We took people out and it was just very special times for us. But as a church, we were looking for something 
uh, more. We wanted to connect something more, small independent church. But so we're looking, could we connect to this movement or to, to this stream of churches? And then we ended up, uh, I ended up at the back of this room where Randy was sharing his vision, what was going on, the, the birth of a network. And I went and saw his associate, Dr. Tom Jones. And I said, Tom, have, have you got any churches in England? Uh, and I said, would you like one? And, and so that was the beginning of the journey of relationship. And within two years, we hosted uh, and I still get goosebumps when I talk about this. In 2009, we hosted Randy Clark for a School of Healing and Impartation, which is a four-day event, not a conference. It was a school, a training and equipping and um, a grounding in things of the supernatural and gifts of the spirit. And it was really impactful. Uh, Bill Johnson was also there. Dr. Leif Hetland was also there. And I, we still meet people in different parts of the world. He said, our lives were touched when we came to that conference in Southampton in 2009. And off the back of that, I was within a few weeks, I was in Colombia by invitation from Randy, pinching myself thinking, how did this, how did this happen? And with, with the pastor of uh, some big churches and thinking, how did little old me get here? Um, and then around that time, uh, Randy said, well, we seem to have more people connecting to Global Awakening in Europe. Would you like to uh, be responsible for that? You'd like to relate to them, connect to them. And so that was the, the beginning. But for me, that that time in Colombia and in Brazil a few few months later was life-changing because I witnessed healings like I'd never seen before miracles you know people that couldn't walk walk people with cancer healed blind eyes opening lame walking that that whole thing and that was happening through the prayers of ordinary people and uh, that was very tangible and in those big services seeing people run to the altar because seen because they'd seen the tangible power of god move in them or in their family or in their community uh, was just incredible it was uh, really awesome and so that was the beginning of our journey. So uh, for many years now, we've had the honor of connecting with Randy and Global Awakening and seeing how that's developed and also connecting with some wonderful churches and ministries in this country and in mainland Europe as well. So so you're based in Southampton and you, you travel from there by invitation or? Well, uh, <laughs> our journey of obedience, I guess, has led us on into a new city just uh in recent times, we felt the call of God to move again. So we've, one, we laid down pastoring to, to go to the nations and, and be a little bit more itinerant. Um, and then not on our radar at all. We were at City Life Church in Portsmouth and a visiting prophet was coming through. She was given the microphone. She, she prayed some blessings on some of the leadership there and said, Oh, as you've led worship, would you like to, <laughs> would you, I'd like to give you a word. And the word was basically move. Um, if, if there's a lot more to it that, but Donna and I, um, were a little bit surprised, but uh, I often say the most radical thing we can do any day is to hear God's voice and obey it. And so we said yes, and that yes has led us to sell our house and leave a city that we've been in all our lives to move along the south coast to Portsmouth. So now Portsmouth is our, our base, and we're based at City Life Church here, which is a really exciting time being part of the family there and being sent and seeing what's happening in the kingdom in our region whilst still staying connected through the network and also um, following invitations to uh, nations of the world, which is a very special thing to be able to do. Well, it's uh, wonderful to hear, Alan, some of the stories that you've you've told. Uh, understandably, that will be outside the experience of many, many listeners. And I'm just um, wondering whether you mostly work with churches who are up for that kind of thing, you know, they're expectant of it. 
or whether you also work with churches that are a bit more sceptical but uh, willing to tip their toe in. So w- w- what's the kind of mood within the movement? Well, um, I think I learned early on that it's great to respond to invitation um, and that is generally our rule of thumb. I love to work out of relationship as well. You build a relationship, you connect, you meet someone else that, and there's an invitation to go. Um, I think over the years we've done a mixture of both, especially in the UK. You know, we're, I see the bride of Christ getting empowered once again. One of the things we've really seen in the last 20 years is the ministry of Jesus being restored to the church. And what I mean by that is people who come alive to who they are and whose they are, they get activated by the Holy Spirit in the gifts of the Spirit, walking in the fruits of the Spirit to go and do it. So the mindset is shifting away from, oh, it's up to the guy that's paid or the girl, the lady, man or woman who's paid at the front, you know, the professional Christian to do all the work, to to become a really a body ministry. And we love... To, to minister into those locations. And again, I think where we see the greatest impact is, is where there is hunger, where there is a desire for more, because there is definitely more to see and know and understand and to walk in. And one of Randy's phrases is, and he wrote a book about it very, very early on, you know, uh, God can use little old me, which is a, a very southern part of America phrase, little old me. And um, what he means is that that it's all available to the everyday and, you know, the it, <laughs> the everyday Christian life is available to all of us in the sense of we get to follow Jesus to become like Jesus and then do the things that he did. And his call to us is to do even greater uh, and that might be a stretch for some. So, yeah, we we love to go where there is a, a hunger to to discover more, where we can, you know, we know what we know, but there is there's more to see, and we can hopefully encourage or give biblical basis or foundations for things to then pray and activate people in certain gifts, whether it's prophecy or healing or words of knowledge or those those kinds of gifts where. We get, to, and I think those are really important gifts to be active in because it's that's the manifestation of heaven on earth. It's people hearing the voice of heaven. It's people being touched by the power of heaven in any given moment. And if that happens outside the church, then people will want to will want to come into the church because they'll want to know more. Perhaps you could explain a little bit more, Alan, the, the kind of concept of apostolic network. Um, mm-hmm. Obviously, people are familiar with the concept of a denomination, with the structures within that denomination. There are a lot of these looser networks that have flown out, come out of the various ministries. You mentioned Toronto, so um, Catch the Fire is a network. There's the Global Awakening. Uh, The Bethel Church have kind of networks as well. And these, you know, there's there's a group of leaders who get on really well. You mentioned Life Hetland, Tom Jones. You seem to unite on a regular basis. Uh, so, so tell us how it, how it functions and what authority a local church has within that network. Yeah, sure. Um, so, well, I, c- I can mainly talk about Global Office. I'm very familiar with Bethel. While we were pastoring, we 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 were part of the leadership development program. So we were then connecting with other like-minded leaders, which we found very life-giving uh, at the time. But in this, specifically with Global, one of the the things is you don't have to leave something to join global. So if you're, you know, so we have Church of England members that are part of Global Awakening, as well as independent churches and okay. then churches that are part of other other nations. So it's it's not like you have to let go.
go of that to become part of that because oh. for me it's a kingdom centric thing it's kingdom minded you know we're all one to do this thing together and we'll do better together than we will on our own and I love that because it's really good you know when you go to a conference or when you go to to a larger meeting and I remember in the old days going to a place like Spring Harvest or New Wine you suddenly realize you might be in a little church in the middle of the country you know countryside somewhere and then you go somewhere and there's four or five thousand Christians all believing the same thing you getting excited to to do more for Jesus and 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 it helps so in terms of the network this this word apostolic which can be a stumbling block in some ways or can be misused in some ways for me it's all about relationship and and connecting relationally and investing in relationship and prioritizing relationship so looking beyond the the local to the extra local and seeing uh, where we can connect and be supported and and um there's that lovely word authority you know god has authority uh, we submit to that um, and then in my heart i can submit to other men and women of god and so uh, I love this idea that the kingdom is family. And so someone has described us as apostolic leaders, Donna and I. And yeah, I get that because we are sent and we go to, to bring that, the, the sense of what heaven is like into a, an area. Um, so you, that's, and I won't get into the explanation of the, the Roman word apostle right now because there's no time for that. But, um, you can find out if you really want to. Yeah. Apostolos. Uh, yes. <laughs> for me, the kingdom is about family and so one of the ways I like to just distill it down is that Donna and I are a mum and dad in the kingdom and part of our assignment is to raise up sons and daughters to become really good mums and dads and that doesn't just mean it's a top-down thing it's a very peer flat uh, structure in the sense of I'm here to support you I'm here to add value to you I'm blessed you're blessed how can we bless each other that sort of sense you know how can I add strength to you and and that's there is very much that. And what the more that happens is that um, then there's support, then there's training, then there's equipping, then there's um, study in the sense of theological um, training that is available through some of these different networks. And you get to see a bigger picture than you may be used to experiencing. And uh, we really see that those relational connections are important to us. Uh, um yeah. And one of the things for us is that I just get to walk with some wonderful men and women of God through the highs and lows of life. And there are some real challenges when you're leading a church or a ministry, um, things that go really well and things that go horribly wrong. And uh, to be able to walk alongside, to put an arm around, to strengthen, to pray, to encourage, to to believe in, to call out the gold is, is a real privilege. And I think that's one of the important things about being part of a a network if you're not or if you're not connected to a you know um, a denomination then these things are available which add a lot of strength to you and you can feel quite isolated Alan, when people um might gather in a conference such as one that global awakening might run they would be struck i'm sure by the emphasis given on worship uh, you are a worship leader yourself you you, you know you and donna uh, lead worship um, what part does that element of what you do play within how you see God at work? Um, 
well, you're, <laughs> you're talking to the wrong guy or the right guy, depending on that. I, I place a huge emphasis on worship just because of what it means for me. I know it's a very broad question, but if I try and simplify it, it's about putting first things first. You know, Jesus was asked, what's the greatest commandment? All these teachers of the law came along and they want to trick him up and trip him up and trick him. And, and, and he just comes back with this simple response is love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your mind, with all your strength. Love God with every fiber of your being. And this is the first and greatest. And so I like to, to remind people that sometimes we need a little bit of a recalibration, that let's put first things first. Let's put our love of the Lord first as prioritize our encounter with him, our prayer, our worship, all of that thing, all bundled up into one thing. And and so what can that look like? You know, passionate, wholehearted, exuberant, intimate, unafraid worship of the Lord will draw people, I believe, and I've seen it, into a transforming encounter where their situations can change, their physical being will change, their their strength, their awareness, you know, so the weary come in, encounter to the Lord of God in these times of extended praise and worship where his presence is, you know, God says, I will inhabit the praises of my people. This is a slightly shortened version of Psalm 22 verse 2, but the understanding of of the the original meaning of that is where there is exuberant, overflowing, heartfelt, passionate, spontaneous praise and worship and celebration. That's where God lives. So I love his presence and I have seen his presence change people, transform people and transform people, transform cities, transform people, transform areas. And, and so for me, worship, in, whether it is very specifically sung worship, uh, you know, I've seen people set free from addiction. I've seen people who've come to disrupt a meeting, give their lives to Jesus. I've seen people with deep inner healing wounds get healed just by encountering the love of the Lord in his presence in those times of worship. So, yeah, um, oh, for me. You, oh, bless you for, your, for summarizing your answer. I realize you've you've written on this topic. So just give us a plug for your book in case anyone wants to. to, to yeah, sure. It. I, I, I've, I've written a book called The Promise of the Presence, and uh, I am active in releasing a second edition of that. I've, uh, I'm really, I really want to just add a few thoughts into that and bring it up to date. So, The Promise of the Presence is is the book I've written. Um, it's available on Amazon. I'll be releasing a new edition soon, and uh, yeah, and it, for me, God gave me a vision for worship some years ago, and I've been pursuing that all my life, and and that's what I talk about in the book yeah alan you've been involved in the movement for a while um have you seen changes over time um areas where things have opened up more or maybe even places where it should become more resistant um i think you know sometimes it feels like you're plowing uh sometimes it feels like the ground's a bit hard um but i think we once you've given God your yes, then you you keep going. We've <laughs> my daughter used to joke, you know, keep going, we'll keep going, even so when things have been hard or difficult. And but what I I guess I feel like at the moment is there's been a real shift, even in, from last year to this year. It feels like generally there is a hunger, a clear desire in the hearts of people to go deeper, um, and that is possible. You know, it is possible to to find. Uh, more of him to to press in for more but also to reach out to see more so um i think 
I've personally experienced in our locality uh, an increased desire for prayer uh, and for worship. I'm, I'm seen to be connecting to people who are looking to set up prayer rooms or have times of prayer or extended times of worship and prayer. Uh, and that excites me because I, I, I love all that. And also, God's opened some doors for us to, to, to rub shoulders with our brothers and sisters in Nigerian churches and Ghanaian churches and, and experience some of their passion and their, their, their expression, which, uh, uh, you know, rubs off on me and I hope it rubs off on each other. So yeah, we're seeing, uh, I'm just seeing more. I'm seeing, hearing more, uh, about what God is doing and testimonies are super powerful. So hearing more about what God's doing, um, encouraging ourselves with the you know if we might not be seeing much let's find out what's going 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 on in the world and 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 i'm certainly seeing uh, as we make room for the spirit of god more will happen in our in our smaller meetings or our big meetings and um people are looking for 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 the lord i believe it and i can see and i'm hearing stories about what god's doing young people as well and that's really exciting to me you know, groups growing from four to 10 to 20 over just a few weeks time where young people are getting caught up by this passion for Jesus, this desire for holiness, um, this desire for more. It's, it, it, these are exciting times. There is new wine uh, for those that would like to, to receive it. Thank you. Uh, Alan, there will be pastors listening who feel perhaps they're in a spiritual backwater. Uh, maybe, you know, th- there's not a great deal going on. The numbers are low. Uh, and the ground is especially hard. What would you say to them? I appreciate I'm giving you a few minutes. Yeah, that, no, no, no. <laughs> I'm, it's, it's, it's uh, yeah, well, all I would say is keep going. Uh, you're doing an amazing job. Not giving up is victory is one thing I'd say. You know, we've all had times where we thought, I've had enough, I can't do this anymore. However, there's something burning inside my heart that will not be put out. And what I've seen, I can't unsee. So my encouragement to those that may feel dry is to find a place to, to drink. Uh, there's that lovely thing they say on an airplane, isn't there? Before putting your oxygen mask on someone else, place it over your own mouth. And I feel there's an analogy of we need to care for ourselves, be kind to ourselves, return to that first love. Because if we're on fire, then we'll be, our passion, our, our desire will rub off on other people in the same way that apathy and lethargy is contagious. Um, and so we, we stir up one another for love and good works, um, which is one of our core scriptures. And, and, and I think we can do that. And so if we need, uh, to find somewhere where we can get refreshed. I just encourage you, go find it. If that means go to a worship night in an, another church once a month, go and do it. Go and place yourself where you can receive prayer and be encouraged and, and also try and plug into, to things where you might find things that excite and encourage you and, and lead you to a place of your own encounter, your own transformation. And, you know, uh, Dr. Randy Clark does a Miracle Monday on Facebook where he's telling testimonies and the power of the testimony is extraordinary. You know, we tell testimonies everywhere we go and everywhere we go, we see people healed. But it's because we're telling the stories of what Jesus has done and that he wants to do it again. So I'd encourage individuals that may feel a bit dry is to, you know, come to the waters come and drink it doesn't cost anything maybe a bit of your time and a bit of your petrol but um you know donna and i spent uh, thousands of pounds travel thousands of miles and our lives have never are the same again uh, Alan, how could people find out more and maybe um even connect with a, a global awakening church maybe in the uk 
Yeah. Well, thanks, Andy. Um, yeah. Well, Donna and I uh, have our own ministry. It's called The Stirring. So we uh, have a website and that's thestirring.uk. Um, you can <clears throat> uh, find us there. I'm also on Facebook. I have a unique name. So if you can't find me, you haven't spelt it right. It's Alan with a U, Alan Lepit. Um, uh, and we have a podcast series on there. I'm gonna, new episodes coming out soon. Uh, books are available on Amazon and that kind of thing. And if you want to find more about global, you can contact me, uh, via our network. And we, if you're in an area where you want to find a global church that may be near you, obviously there are other churches that are on fire. Catch the fire is a beautiful network. There, there are other, and, um, places and hotspots in the UK where the spirit is moving. And, uh, that's really good. That's if you're in the UK, of course. Um, and obviously check out the Global Awakening website. There is a load of resources on there. They've just released a discipleship course, which is amazing for those that are just coming to know the Lord. So globalawakening.com, thestirring.uk, uh, those are the sort of places you can come and find us and find out more. Well, Alan, it's, it's been thrilling to chat with you. Um, I'm sorry it's been seven years, but um, hopefully it <laughs> won't be so long next time. But uh, thank you so much That'd for all you've shared. And and for thrilling us with with what God is doing. So that encourages us to, to seek more ourselves. Thank you. It was a joy to chat with Alan Leppitt, the European Regional Representative for Dr. Randy Clark's Apostolic Network of Global Awakening. Appreciate that sounds a bit of a mouthful, but uh, hopefully you got that sense that this is a family of churches. It's not a structure not someone trying to force a particular way of doing church, but it is someone uh, looking to equip others in the things of God and move them on into being more powerful communities which uh, are able to accomplish much for God in the communities that God's placed them. His words at the end may be words for you, of course. Maybe it is time to seek more. Maybe you should invest time and maybe money in that kind of direction. He mentioned uh, a book that he's written, The Promise of the Presence, uh, Alan Lepit, A-L-U-N-L-E-P-P-I-T-T. Sometimes uh, our leadership can improve with a tweak here or there, and that will make all the difference. But on other occasions, a whole new paradigm shift is required. So maybe it's time to look outside of yourself and what you think is your comfort zone and see what God has for you. He's always gentle and gracious and will lead you on at whatever stage you are in your walk with him. So this is Andy Peck thanking you for joining us. Look forward to you joining us again next week. Bye for now. The Leadership Show with Andy Peck. To get in touch, email andy.peck at premier.org.uk. been listening to The Profile in association with Premier Christianity magazine.